Hello and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. You are joined by me, Ryan McGowan, and as always, James Kay. How are you, buddy? I'm very well on this fine, fine Sunday morning, Ryan. How are you? <laughs> I uh, I have COVID. <laughs> there you go. Everyone's going to turn off now because COVID can transport through headphones and and 5G. So if you're li- yeah, yeah, if you're listening, if you're listening through your data uh, and it says 5G on your phone, uh, I would stop listening because you will catch my COVID. Uh, no, it happened. It happened two years in, and I thought I was invincible, and I've just caught COVID out of nowhere. um so yeah we were uh we have postponed um recording this uh for like a few days due to illness um and then and then i caught covid and it's like listen it's it's going to be one of those it'd be like three weeks yeah i realized we were supposed to record this on thursday wasn't it but i wasn't very yeah wow (laughs) ryan's more of a trooper than i am i was a little bit unwell and was like no i'm not doing it I have pandemic level illnesses and I'm like, yeah, let's still record. <laughs> yeah, fair play. Um, so yeah, if uh, I apologise if um, you don't like the sound of my voice, but um, <laughs> tough. <laughs> um, but yeah, some people enjoy uh, the husk that comes with an illness. I quite like it myself. Uh, but uh, if I sniffle or cough, I do apologise. This is my episode, so I'm going to be talking a lot. <laughs> mm. Uh, right. No voice by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, quickly, uh, if you'd like to support the show, uh, head over to our merch site where you can pick up a couple of t-shirts, maybe a jumper if you'd like to support the show in that way. Uh, also, you can head to our donation page, Kofi, uh, where you can just you know chuck us a couple of quid. All goes towards uh, supporting and running the show and keeping it going for the next year. And it will be three. Wait, what? Three years in July? Fucking hell! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're getting there. We're not. Yeah, one day we'll be like we'll be Joe Rogan levels of big. Yeah, and then we'll be cancelled as well. I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, right. So this episode, I'm really enjoying. um, I enjoyed writing it, and I'm going to enjoy talking about it. Uh, This was a listener request. Uh, If you guys have any listener requests, please do send them our way. Um, We have fairly recently like james uh and i said we were going to do mormons and uh <laughs> mormons is coming uh but instead what we've got we've 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 enlisted a bit of help um so one of our listeners uh gina um she has been so kind to uh help us out with some information and whatnot and she sent us like a massive email of a load of info that i'm just going to sift through it and start cracking on writing it as soon as i can um so uh basically what i'm getting at is if you guys have any uh ideas for episodes or suggestions anything like that or you want to guys help us out if you know anything more about any particular subject that you like you guys i think you should talk about it and i know a lot about it send us anything you've got I've always thought this, like, Ryan likes the true crime sort of stuff, and like, I like more the historical side of, of things. So if you do have, like, a history project coming up and you can't be bothered to do the research, just tell me who it's about or what it's about, and I'll do it for you, and then just put it in podcast form. Yeah. I like the idea of someone at, like, college who, like, can't be bothered to do their work, so it just gets us to do it for them. Yeah, but then if you do fail that project, we hold no responsibility. <laughs> yes, I will refer to episode one. We are Wikipedia for your ears. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah, we've had quite a few people message us over the last sort of week and a half. Uh, go, uh, this one's really bloody and awful. I think Ryan would really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah, if you've got any hint, uh, send us our way. So, anyway, this episode, we're talking about a guy called Nat Turner. Uh, and I'll just get straight into it. Now, if there's one thing we've learned over the last couple of years on the show, it's that people rarely fall into the good or bad category. Nobody is a saint. Hell, even popes often get a dodgy uh, record. Some of them uh, kill people in the name of their god. Some of them have questionable ties to the Nazis. And the same applies to those we call bad people. Sure, there are those who are vehemently racist and sleep naked in bed with their grandniece to test their willpower to abstain from sex, but they also peacefully protest against British colonialism in India, paving a way for its independence. What? Uh, whoa, 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 let's slam the fucking brakes. Who are you on about? <laughs> That's, so this is something I really wanted to quickly do. Can you guess who that is based on their description? Sleeping in bed naked with their niece... Yep, they are vehemently racist, they're vehemently racist, and they sleep naked in bed with their grandniece to test their willpower to abstain from sex. But they also protested against British colonialism in India uh, with a very peaceful uh, uh, way of doing it, like non-eating, all that kind of stuff. Who is, who is that? Have we, we haven't done an episode on them, have we? No, not yet. Is it Gandhi? It's Gandhi. Fuck off. What's he doing with his niece? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's he had a bit acceptable. of a... Yeah, a bit of a weird reputation for, uh, as I say, sleeping in bed with his grandniece, oh. naked, not doing anything because he wanted to test his willpower to abstain I, from I, sex. I, I simply don't care, Gandhi. That's that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also apparently a vehement racist. He hated black people. I have heard this. I think an episode on Gandhi would be fascinating and one that I'm surprised we haven't done already. Yeah, it's on the list. Now, the next one. Uh, there are also those who secretly baptise dying patients into the Catholic faith, regardless of their religious beliefs, simply to show the big man up top that you're hitting your target numbers. Oh, and the belief that, quote, abortion is the worst evil and the greatest enemy of peace, end quote. And yet they also became a saint in the Catholic faith and are revered around the world. Who was that? A saint. Oh, I'm not good at saints. Um, a Catholic. I mean, my initial reaction is one of the popes. Was he? Was he a pope at one point? No, it's a lady though. It's not Mother Teresa, is it? It's Mother Teresa. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my point is, there's no such thing as good or bad. People sit in this grey limbo-like state of morality. People are good when it suits them, but if pushed too far, people can turn bad. And the subject of our episode today is the epitome of good gone bad. A person pushed to their limits who believes violence to be their only option left. We're talking about Nat Turner. Born into slavery in October 1800 in Southampton County, Virginia, Nathaniel Turner was in the eyes of the law at the time property of Benjamin Turner, the man who enslaved Nat's parents. Now, the general consensus was that as soon as you could kind of walk, you could work. So by 1805, when many of Northern's, uh, sorry, when many of the northern states in America were beginning to abolish slavery, a five-year-old Nat Turner was likely already out in the field working. Now, I won't go into detail about what slave life was like, since I go over it in some detail in our Harriet Tubman episode, which I recommend you check out for more context. But in short, 
uh, yeah in short uh life as a slave was horrific <laughs> i don't really feel like i need to explain that one uh s- slavery has existed for as long as there have been humans to enslave one another but never had it become a business the scale of which was seen in the americas i would also like to take a second to talk about surnames Many first-generation slaves weren't allowed to have their native names and were forced to have more anglicised names, and over time, many couldn't even speak the language of their ancestors, having since been born in the US and only speaking English. But many didn't have surnames. So, surnames generally came from occupations once held, such as uh, Derek the Smith uh, becoming Derek Smith, or Baker. Uh, Mainly, like, it's kind of your job, right? His, His... uh, uh, my my dad's name was uh, Thacker, and that was a uh, it derived from the word Thatcher to make roofs. Mm. So yeah, it comes from those. But others, such as the Nordic regions, uh, take their names from your father, uh, such as son of Sigurd becoming Sigurdsson. Um, ah, yeah, nice. Yeah, but they also have like a different one for. If you're a daughter, you become daughter, so it's like Sigurd's daughter, <laughs> and it's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. I think that I, I'm not sure if this is actually a thing, but like I suppose you could have a brother and sister with different surnames. I, I guess so. I'm not sure. I have some um, Icelandic friends who fall under the same bracket, like their names. I'll, I'll ask them after this. I'm fascinated. Yeah, I like the idea of that though, where it's like just son of Sigurd. Yep, <laughs> that's my boy. It's very <laughs> Nordic, isn't it? Yeah. Now, slaves, on the other hand, were oftentimes given the surname of their owners, quote, to help claim ownership of them. No need for a brand or for paperwork. Your name is what bonds you to your slaver. Which, actually, I was thinking about it. I was like, that's really, not to, uh, uh, what's the word, praise any of it, but it is quite a clever way of doing it. Like, if it becomes your identity, like, you can't take that away. Like, you could burn your papers that shows it or... You know, you mm. could cu- you could cover maybe a tattoo or a brand, but it's like if you're if that's your identity, that's your name. You can't, mm. you know. Anyway, in fact, uh, there was a guy that I used to work with who was from Jamaica, uh, and he had the surname Hamilton. And now we got talking about surnames and how we actually shared a Scottish surname. Um, and I was like, mm. it's very naive and ignorant of me at the time. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, of course, you've got Hamilton. You've got a Scottish surname. Like, where does that come from? Does someone, like, marry into your family or something? Uh, to which he then explained that it was it was a slave name that was given to his ancestors. And he just happens ah. to be part of the line that the, the name just didn't change. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that'll, that'll do it. That, that, that'll do it. <laughs> Now, Nat's mother was around, but he didn't really know his father all that well. He has managed, uh, his dad's actually managed to escape from his bonds when Nat was very young, which must have been hard to do, not just from a logistical perspective, but from an emotional one. Leaving the mother and child, knowing that there could be consequences for your escape. We, I think we spoke about this before, maybe, um, where if someone ran away and escaped, it's like, the rest of the people that you've left like the the other slaves left over could receive the punishment on your behalf and it's like oh that that sucks um so like to leave knowing that that possibly could happen to the wife and the mother of your child it's like oh that's bad um it's it's a fucked up way of like punishing people as well because with it becomes a lot of guilt if you punish have you ever seen full metal jacket uh do you know what i haven't 
Uh, so it's a fa- fantastic film. Highly recommend it. It's basically a film in two parts. But anyway, um, at one point, he's in the army, obviously. And I forget what he does. He does something wrong. And to punish him, everyone else in the like battalion has to just do a fuck ton of push-ups while he just stands there and watches. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. that, and, th- and that then makes them resent you. So like your own people then turn on you. That's a classic. So we're not. I, I grew up as an army cadet from the ages of twelve to eighteen. I was in there for a long time, uh, and that was a, a standard punishment that uh, I was taught to use to other cadets uh, to try mm. and like, whip them into shape. And it was like, yeah, yeah, if someone's talking or misbehaving, I'll make everyone else on this parade square do sit ups and push ups, and you can stand and watch them all do it. Um, and yeah. Then, yeah. Then and, and it ends up happening. They're turning on them, and they're like, "Shut up! Shut the fuck up! I don't want to do any more <laughs> press ups. Just shut up." I bet you get some proper sick bastards though that just like do it because it's funny. They'll always like act up. Oh yeah, but I suppose it's one of those. I think you have to kind of realise what they're doing and then try. It's just like the punishment has to fit. Obviously, whatever it is you're trying to do. I would like to believe that the dad had very had every intention of getting out to set up a life for his family and would one day come free them but unfortunately that never came to pass now when Nat was 10 the man he was bound to Benjamin Turner died now since slaves were considered property and not humans when the slave master passed away slaves were not just freed but were passed on to their next of kin in this case Nat was now property of Benjamin's son Samuel Turner and Samuel seemed to take a bit of a liking to Nat. From a young age, it was clear that Nat was a clever kid. Samuel had him learn to read um, and write, I think it was. And it was actually illegal uh, for slaves um, to, I think it was write. I think some of them could read so they could read the Bible. And the idea was that um, they uh, read passages selected in the Bible that made slavery seem more uh, legitimate. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it was actually illegal for them to learn to write. Yeah, which is bizarre. Uh, and I think obviously the whole thing was that uh, an informed, uh, intelligent quote slave was a dangerous one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, keep them, keep them bound to the the people. Yeah, uh, yeah. But now Nat was one of those who was given a Bible and was immediately hooked. Now, like a child picking up the Hobbit for the first time, he was engrossed in the stories and the lessons that they instilled. He he came deeply religious and was always seen praying or fasting for his new faith. Quickly, on people being grey, Nat's slaver, Samuel, probably thought he was a good master, teaching Nat to read and write, giving him a Bible, being all nice. Um, But... What we see with our 21st century eyes is just a slaver who didn't see these people as people, but saw himself as, yeah. you know, uh, quite possibly a, a charitable figure. <laughs> Where he's like, mm-hmm. but I gave you a Bible and I taught you to write. And it's like, yeah, but you still yeah. have slaves. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I guess it's like con- context of the times, isn't it? Like you're going to have slaves. That's just sort of what would happen. Obviously, in today by today's standards, he wouldn't have slaves. He'd free these people. But to his standards, he was a very nice guy. And I'm sure now we're doing stuff like right now where we think we're really nice people. But in the future, we'll realise that, that what we were doing was still fucked up. I'm trying to think of examples. Nothing's really coming to mind. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the reason you can't think of examples is because we're, we're totally good people. Mm, but we're not. No one's good. I, I'm Right, this is a massive aside. So basically, I'm doing a journalism master's at uni. Um, 
and last week it was International Women's Day, so this last week, and I did a story um, based around that. And I, I went and sat in, in a feminist meeting, which obviously like, I would consider myself a feminist, obviously. I think everyone sort of just has to be. If you're not, you're sort of on the wrong side of things. Um, but I went and sat in this feminist meeting, and the people in there, I think they were 18, like 18, 19, yeah. like younger than me. And I just realised that when I was at uni at that age, I was very political, but things have moved on so much that the things that I thought were right are now, like, problematic, if you know what I mean. Okay. Like, every generation is, like, questioning the generation above them. Really? Well, and to be fair, one of them said, did like, like Bill Murray's a problem, and I was like, this is, we're going to have a fight in a minute. <laughs> oh, interesting. Why is Bill Murray a problem? I don't know, but everyone thinks they're right, and then the next generation will come along and be like, no, this is how you do it. So I wonder, like, the way we see the older generation as a problem, backwards way of thinking, I have no doubt that when we're, like, 60, the younger generation will think exactly the same as us, even though right now we think we are God's gift to the planet, we're going to solve everything, and everyone's going to live a happy life. I think uh, they call it university politics. Um... Oh, 100% a thing. I realised when I got out of uni and, like, I'm not becoming more right-wing, that I'm left-wing, <laughs> but as I get older... I think I, I'm learning more about the world and why things work. When you're at uni and you're 18 and you finally have a voice for the first time, you meet like-minded people, you feel unstoppable, and then you get out into the real world and you realise that no one gives a shit about what you have to say. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think I think what's what sums up university politics in a nutshell is it, it's more of like a... Um, at university, you don't necessarily have to deal with the uh, the trappings of everyday life. Um, you're in you're exactly. in a, you're in a safe environment where you can express and uh, think and say anything you want. Uh, and then when you get out into the real world, and you realise that oh, actually, um, turns out I can't just have free internet because it sounds good, <laughs> or like you know exactly landlords are just going to be landlords, and it's like no life just doesn't necessarily work out there life can't a utopia is very difficult to achieve and i don't think we're going to achieve it anytime soon i've i have found myself become more centrist as i've got older mm. uh and i would firmly sort of sit myself in the yeah, center left area now rather than left like i would have been yeah. five years ago yeah i would say the same i used to be very political and all sorts but now i just i have my views but I don't air them on Facebook as anywhere near as much as I used to. No, and I have an issue with people that feel the need to air their opinion on social media. I just find it bizarre. Unless like you have a following enough that is worth doing so, like just you're just showing yourself out for who you actually are. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. One person springs to mind particularly, and we both know them, but we'll talk about it afterwards. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> enough of that tangent. Now. Nat was so engrossed in his newfound religion, he often preached to his peers and was even popular with white people who were more than happy to listen about the word of God from Nat, which is quite random and, like, not unheard of, but, like, not common. That even white people coming up to this, effectively, a slave, going, yeah, keep telling me about God. <laughs> keep telling me about how I'm a good person <laughs> and how God is great. And he allows for this to happen. Anyway, he was the guy to go to, oftentimes, having visions from the Lord himself on occasion. When he was 21, having escaped from enslavement, Nat decided, uh, not sorry, Nat received a vision from the Lord saying uh, to return to the service of his earthly master. 
So after a month on the run, Nat returned. Uh, Now, was it a divine message from God? Did God really want Nat to return into slavery? Or did Nat decide, likely based on a lack of food, to return? Uh, You guys can answer that yourselves. Um, Yeah, fair. Now, either way, Nat returned and continued to work in the fields and preach his religion. He was nicknamed the Prophet by his peers, which which shows a level of respect. Um, even at the age of twenty four, like he's he's a young man, and these guys just look at him and like, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, now, working under a new slave owner, Nat receives another vision while working in the fields under the blazing sun. He is told that quote. The Saviour was about to lay down the yoke he had borne for the sins of men, and the great day of judgment was at hand. I have no idea what that means, because Bible talk is weird. Um, but Right, I re- I'm really sorry. I'm going off on so many tangents, but I really want to get your opinion on something, and it's to do with the Bible. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> my friends were joking earlier on, on a group chat, but I think it's actually a very valid point. While Jesus was obviously like healing lepers and feeding the five thousand with a with a, with a little bit of food, yeah, how many people is he putting out of business? Like fishermen are just watching him multiply food, being like, "This is my <laughs> livelihood, and you're ruining it." Like doctors are like, "You can't just go around healing people." So Jesus put a lot of people out of work, and he was not good for local yeah. business. So Judas was actually just a heavy capitalist, being like, "Look, you're you're starving people essentially. <laughs> like people can't bring money home." It, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> proper fucking communist, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a proper communist. <laughs> Everyone should have this for free. <laughs> no, that's not how life works, Jesus. The Romans were brought in to keep peace, and there you are just ruining yeah. it. You get a miracle. You get a miracle. You get a miracle. <laughs> life don't work like that. you gotta, you got to work. Yeah. I feel so sorry for the fishermen. Just watch it. Imagine you spent your whole life learning how to fish. It's been passed down through generations. This bloke turns up and just... Pops five thousand out of no, his not asshole. Even that. Not it's even not that. fair. Doesn't even hire a boat. Just walks across the water and grabs one. Yeah, it's not fair. <laughs> like it's a fucking enough. Enough. Walks over and grabs it like it's a Kinder Bueno in a shop. Like. <laughs> yeah, but I honestly thought that was such a valid point. Yeah. <laughs> That's so bizarre, really, when you think about it. When you think about it, the amount of stuff he could do and basically did nothing. When you actually think about I mean, it, all yeah. the things, like all the supernatural powers, he's basically a Marvel character who could just control the world and do what he wants. And he didn't really do anything except just have a chin wag in a park a few times and just have a bit of a following. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the whole purpose. Wasn't it? He wanted people to rise up themselves. That's so silly, isn't it? Give the power to the people. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's the age-old argument as well, though, isn't it? If God exists, why the fuck are children dying of bone cancer? And they'll try and justify it, but I don't think it's justifiable. But uh, hey, so who are we to question my, religion? My, my nan lost her firstborn uh, before she hit the age of five uh, and was told by the priest that God took her because she was too good for this world and that she belonged in heaven. And my nan was like, fuck off. Uh. i completely get it some people will find that really comforting and i think for those people like by all means have that belief if it if it gets you through that trauma yeah but if someone's not religious and you go up to them and tell them that god wanted their kid back you you deserve a slap (laughs) yeah Uh, 
It's not helping. <laughs> now, he believes, Nat believes, that he is destined for something greater, but isn't sure what that is exactly. He continues to work the fields for the next few years, witnessing the suffering of his peers, questioning the very nature of the world he lives in. And by 1828, aged 28, he receives another sign from the Almighty, a sign that would make his purpose clear. He heard a loud crash from the heavens and was told, quote, The serpent was loosened and Christ had laid down the yoke he had borne for the sins of men and that I should take it on the fight against the serpent. For the, f- for the time was fast approaching when the first should be last and the last should be first. I was wondering where I heard that and I remembered it was from Pulp Fiction. Oh, uh, they do read a lot of passages in that film, don't yeah. they? Yeah, and all I imagine whenever I heard or read the first should be last and the last should be first is just Samuel L. Jackson saying it. <laughs> um. Okay, right. Slave. Right. Sorry, I'll carry on. I'll say what I need to say. Slavery. Slavery was a stain on humanity, and those that participated in such an abhorrent thing are tarnished and should be cleansed. Those who are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Nat will overthrow his slave masters and take their place to make a better world. Now, um, I obviously have not hit on how brutal uh, the life Nat may have lived uh, as a slave, uh, whether he received um, physical punishments or just being a slave at that time anyway and how brutal it could be. I have not addressed it or hit it. Like I say, we do talk about it more in Harriet Tubman's episode. Um, but I don't want that to mean that I'm understating, uh, things in Nat's life. Um, just to make that clear as we go forward. (laughs) Uh, so Nat set about making preparations. This was a slow process. It took time to find other slaves who could trust and even longer to get them to sit together and actually plan things out. That and the fact that Nat once uh, was sold once again to another person called Joseph Travis. Now, it's said that Nat used songs to communicate with others without raising suspicion. Obviously, like it might be a bit weird or difficult for him to just wander over to another place and go talk to some random slaves that, as far as their, quote, masters are aware, they don't know each other. Uh, but, like, you know, singing around just you might understand what you're needing to do like meet at this particular place at this particular time and you might be able to get that across in a song um yeah now by february 1831 planning was well underway and another sign came to give strength to his cause a solar eclipse occurred which nat used as a sign that they were on the right path he interpreted the eclipse as a black hand reaching over the sun Uh, And some people say he uh, saw it as uh, a black fist uh, blocking out the sun. Um, And the freedom fighters started to purchase muskets in secret. Now, the plan was originally set for July 4th. Nat wanted to make a statement uh, with it being on Independence Day. Instead of it being an American Freedom Day, he wanted to make it his Freedom Day. But unfortunately, he fell ill and the plan was postponed. Uh, Now, in August in 1831, the sun turned a bluish-green colour, which is now thought to have been caused by atmospheric ash coming over from a volcano erupting. But Nat, once again, saw this as his sign to revolt. A week later, 
on August the 21st, he and his band of slaves set off on their divine mission. Um, now, before I get into this and how brutal it can get, I just want to talk about divine uh, messages and signs and just sort of okay, just sort of laugh at them for a second. Um, obviously, as far as we're aware, as far as science wants to make clear, uh, this is more likely to have been just ash, volcanic ash that made the sun a little bit dim. <laughs> and, you know, for someone who's a believer, uh, they looked at it and was like, oh, must be a sign from the Lord. Um, uh, in the Bible, I think there's a story about a guy called Joshua who fights some other army. And he says how, like, oh, we'll fight them in the morning, like, really early. Uh, and God will give us help. Like, he'll he'll make the sun really low for us to fight or something like that. And, like, they, like, attack from a certain angle. Uh, so when they come at them, they're, like, coming out of their tents, like, not even awake already. And the sun's blinding them from behind the army that's approaching them. And it's like, yeah, see, God helped us. It's like, no, dude, you just knew where the sun was going to be at that time. Um, and there's also word, uh, ones of being like three suns in the sky, uh, fighting under like three suns, and that's a divine, like showing that God's on our side. Uh, and obviously, we now know that uh, those three suns are just an optical illusion, uh, just atmospheric stuff. And it's like, yeah, a lot of it's just it's just science, dude. It's just science. <laughs> it's just science that we don't understand. That's what magic is, isn't it? That's what they say magic is. Magic's just science that we don't get. Oh, for sure. It, like, there's no, there's no joy in knowing how the, the magic is done. Yeah, like no one really likes watching how it's done, but I do. No. Oh uh, yeah, but then do you not feel like disappointed afterwards? Like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of easy. Um, I get two bits of enjoyment out of it. I get enjoyment not, like seeing it happen, but then I get frustration at not knowing how it happened, and then I get more enjoyment from knowing how it was done. Yeah, I, I might get you. I think it's more like an appreciation for the the, the art. Anyway, so Nat and his band of slaves. They started with Nat's slave master, Joseph Travis. In the dead of night, they entered his house and they murdered him in his bed, along with his wife sleeping next to him. He also, they also murdered his nine-year-old son and a housemaid. Now, upon leaving the house... I'm sorry, they, they murdered a child? A nine-year-old, yeah. That's that's not on. Uh, well, yeah, it gets worse. Now, when leaving right. the house, they were made aware that there was one more member of the Travis family that they'd missed. Their baby, still asleep in the cot, unaware of the massacre that had just occurred. Two men went back into the house to find the baby still asleep in its cradle. The muskets that were brought were not taken for fear of revealing what was going on to neighbours. All they had with them were knives and clubs. The baby was likely stabbed to death and is said to have been thrown into the fireplace. Now all of the Travis family was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The group then moved from house to house, silently entering and murdering the occupants their numbers swelling to more than 70 enslaved people wandering the area for the next two days, murdering any white person that they saw. Men, women, even children were justified for the betterment of the cause that Nat was trying to go along with. Mm. This was going to be a defining moment. In Nat's mind, 
abolitionists were going to see this action and be imbued with a tougher spirit to fight slavery. People would realise that their cause was just, but they didn't. Now, for balance, I will point out that Nat Turner and his rebellion targeted mostly slave-owning families and did make a point of ignoring some poor white families. Like, Nat Turner was like, oh, as far as I'm concerned, as far as they're concerned, they're no better than us. Like, the poor white families that just got no money at all. He was specifically trying to target uh, slave-owning families. However, I don't necessarily agree with the children murder. I'm, I'm, I dare say no one will. Yeah. Um, obviously, those kids will have been brought up in that will will be brought up in the, that environment and, and and probably go on to do bad things. But they they haven't yet. All children are innocent. Surely, children are the epitome of innocence. Absolutely. Children shouldn't be dying. Absolutely. Now, after two days of brutal murder, the only thing that stopped them was a state militia, which had double the numbers of Nat's rebellion. With the rebels wielding no more than a long dagger, the militia quickly apprehended them. Approximately 60 people were killed in Nat's revolt. Men, women and children. And of the 70 plus slave rebels that were captured, 57 of them would be found guilty and were executed by hanging. 15 or so were acquitted and sold back into slavery. But what about Nat Turner? Well, he managed to escape and eluded capture for nearly two months hiding in the forests. He was discovered by a white farmer. The only known image or drawing that we have of Nat Turner seems to be of this moment when he is captured, and it's the image that you'll see on our social media. He was issued an attorney who took down his whole story, which is the main source for Nat Turner, although it is likely to be tinged with white bias. Nat Turner was tried for, quote, conspiring to rebel and making insurrection and found guilty on november the 11th 1831 aged 31 nat turner was publicly hanged in the state capital jerusalem i find that ironic um that he's big into his faith he's very 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 religious he's known as the preacher he thinks he gets divine messages from god and he was executed in jerusalem i mean yeah there, there is some definitely some irony there mm-hmm. Now, before he dropped, he was asked if he regretted what he had done. And Nat's last words were, quote, was Christ not crucified? There's some good last words. I, 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 I mean, yeah, wonderful last words, but I don't think that's... Look, oh, it's such a... It's, it, as you said, it's very grey, isn't it? I, if slaves that get out of slavery and seek revenge is completely justifiable in my eyes, I think you, you have been persecuted your entire life and countless of atrocities have been committed against um, slaves by white people. So if you want to go around killing slave masters, fair. It's an eye for an eye. Uh, some people disagree with that. Some people don't make your own decision. Yeah. But the second you start killing children, you, you really cross the fucking boundary. Yeah. I, I, I get the anger. I really do. But you, you, you can't go around killing kids. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I'm glad that, you know, that's... I'm glad you put it as such a way. It's exactly the kind of way I wanted it to come out and across is that uh, whilst, like I said, I didn't want to underplay 
uh, Nat's life and, and by not mentioning sort of uh, maybe all the barbaric, horrific stuff that he may have gone through, partly because we don't necessarily know much about what actually happened to him during his life, whether he did suffer many atrocities or violence or anything sort of like that. There's not much in terms of finding out what happened to him specifically. However, we do know that obviously slavery is bad. There is no excuse in it, nothing like that. However, as you put it, children are the epitome of innocence, you know, and there's always a possibility they could come out good. It's just tough, isn't it? It's tough when you sort of, I'm so, I, I totally support your revolt. So you start killing kids, though. It's like, ah. Now, Nat, Nat claims he only actually killed one person, didn't necessarily know about the kid killings. Um, we don't know if that's true or not. Like I said as well, his, his attorney was white. He took down his entire story, but even that we do think is a bit biased. So a lot of this could be just, you know, untrue um but it seems to be the only thing we have to go on this is the thing right when he was pronounced dead this is the thing this is why like white people are pieces of shit man <laughs> back then they were just when nat was pronounced dead by a doctor that same doctor decapitated him uh and his headless body was then said to be skinned by the onlookers who watched him hang and pieces of him were taken away as souvenirs. Skin was to be turned into purses, bones would be fashioned into knives and spoons, and Nat Turner's headless, skinless body was dumped in an unmarked grave without his head, which later went missing. This species needs to be stopped at, <laughs> at all costs. Do you know what I mean? What the fuck is wrong with people? Like, bro, that's so, like, brutal. Like, come on, he's dead now. Get Just, just chuck, like, if you want to, let's just bury the dude, man. Just put him in a remark grave if you really want to disrespect his memory. But why you got to... Executions like, are, like, they, they are what they are. Agree or disagree with them. Like, back in the day, they are what they are. People got executed. Yeah. But a crowd skinning a man alive, like, not alive, skinning a body is... I mean, and that's just, that's just tapped. Like imagine not, your, imagine your doctor, like your doctor. You've been to your doctor for like whatever reason, maybe like, I don't know, your testicle felt a little bit too big away and he's like had a good examination and now you go like the next day to a live execution, you watch the guy hang, the doctor then sort of presses on his pulse and goes, Yep, he's dead. Someone passed me the hatchet and then cuts off his head. Like, whoa, bro, calm down. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's unacceptable. People of was this in Jerusalem? People of Jerusalem. Yeah, the people of Jerusalem. It's unacceptable, unacceptable. the way they behaved, and it gets worse. Uh, and honestly, like the fact that when we recommended this episode, and I started looking into it, I was like, oh, this is a good recommendation. Like this gets brutal. Now, Nat Turner believed that his rebellion would inspire others to join the cause. The other slaves would take up arms and abolitionists would walk into their local town halls and demand that slavery be ended. Instead, the opposite happened. Those that were sympathetic to slaves were knocked at the brutality of the event and couldn't be seen to be defending slaves who had murdered children. For other slaves and free black people, that arguably made it harder for them. New laws were brought in, making it illegal to teach any slave to read or write, they were not allowed to have a jury trial, free or slave. Free black people were not, who were convicted of a crime could be sold back into slavery. Uh, in fear, white people just doubled down. That's all that happened. They were like, do you know what? 
fuck you. <laughs> you, you, you getting, you're going away with too much. You've got too much freedom here. <laughs> I'm going to take even more shit away. It's brutal. But it gets worse for black people. All of the rebels, all of the rebels had been dealt with by the law. But that wasn't enough for white people. Any black person was open to being accused of being involved in the rebellion. And without trial, locals dealt with it. Nat's rampage caused the death of 60 people, but the retaliation from it caused the murders of over 200 men, women and children who had nothing to do with Nat's rebellion. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, in fact, a local militia had to tell everyone to stop killing black people, not necessarily because it was murder or wrong, but because they were killing people's property. Yeah, they started realising that to work for themselves. Yeah. In fact, the slave owners whose slaves were murdered uh, were reimbursed the cost. Honestly, it's quite sickening. Like, every single person that was involved, dealt with. They've been tried, they've been executed, sent back into slavery. Nat Turner has been awfully mutilated after his death and that's been dealt with, okay? As far as the time... That's it's over, done, move on. But the retaliation, like they just walk past a black person, don't like the look of them or whatever, and say, Oh, were you part of Nat's Rebellion? Blah blah blah. And then they just lynch them. Children as well. Oh, it's just And then the fact that the militia's like, Yo, please can you stop just can you please stop doing it? Because we're now gonna have to pay that guy for the price of the person you just killed. And it's like, fuck's sake, man, it's all about money. Like, if it hadn't been about money, would they have stopped him? Oh. Yeah, don't see them as people. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is deeply fucked. Yeah. But what they did to the bodies... <laughs> what they did to the bodies is arguably worse. No, it is. It is. I'm not even going to try and justify it. What they did to the bodies is worse. Like something from medieval London, the heads of those murdered were placed on spikes and left along a stretch of crossroads in the area to warn others of the brutality that they would meet should they ever try something again. The stretch of road was known as Blackhead Signpost Road, and is still called that today. What? No. Yeah. Right, no, nah, I'm not having this, because obviously in this country, um, during the Black Lives Matter movement, pubs changed their name from something probably very innocent. Meanwhile, this road can be called Blackhead Road. Or no, that's, that's unacceptable. Yeah, Blackhead Signpost Road. And it was named Blackhead Signpost Road because the entire road, like the crossroad area, would just had spikes with slave heads on them. This I is mean, like... it's a fascinating piece of history, but you can have the history without yeah, but the, like, the, the horrific... Ne- we're, we're, we're talking like 1830s. Like... Industrial revolutions going on, man. Like kids are running around cleaning chimneys, like like, and people are still cutting off heads and sticking them on spikes in America. Yeah, at that time, in the grand scheme of humanity, that really wasn't very long ago, dude. Like Winston Churchill will be born in sort of the next thirty, forty years. So yeah, weird. That, that's that's wrong. It's so wrong, and the fact that it's still called that today is like, wow, that's. I wonder if they do have like some sort of statue there um, with a plaque explaining 
the context of the name and what happened there because I, 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 I like history so I think yeah. everything so, uh, has a place around around that area there are uh, signs and placards about on the roads that you can stop and have a look at and it will it sort of explains the history about Nat Turner about his rebellion and all this kind of stuff so it does it does tell you about the stuff that happened and went on um, okay good but even still it's like it's one of those like oh, I suppose there'll be there'll be people that go but you're erasing a history and it's like yeah sure but like just change the name and put a plaque there and say it used to be called this mm. it's weird yeah mad that is crazy horrific isn't it 1830s and that's like medieval London shit not a tower of London now a truly horrific and bloody moment in history that has been ma- that has made me question things when looking this guy up, I was shocked by the senseless murder, especially the killing of the baby and children. But what else could have been done? It didn't seem possible that you could talk your way into abolishing slavery. And who am I to question whether the method was right or not when you're being oppressed and the only people you can talk to about stopping the oppression is the people that are oppressing you? How else do you solve that problem? Look at Ukraine. They said at the beginning that they didn't expect Russia to actually invade and there were many talks with many nations to make sure it didn't happen, but it did anyway. So it begs the question, is violence ever the answer? Wow, that's a, that's a big old question. Um, <laughs> but yes, I think so. In this case, possibly, yeah, because like I said, the only people that you can talk to about your oppression is those that oppress you. And 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 and, and until they see it for anything else other than a, a, a gain on them, then they won't change anything. And obviously if you like if you put it into context of, I don't know, uh, the Nazis for example, they you can't that you can't talk to them about what they were doing. That had to be met with force. Yeah. Um sometimes talking doesn't work and I don't know. It's difficult, man. It's so difficult, especially in the current climate where there's a lot of talking going on and nothing's changing yet. Uh, it, in an ideal world, people should not be dying for the for the wants of a few, like Putin, and a lot of people are going to die because he's paranoid as fuck. But if the only language he understands is violence, then what what's the rest of the world supposed to do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> sometimes i think maybe you do have to take ownership of your your life and i don't know I, it's so difficult because it's so anti to what i am and who i am is that violence is not always the answer no, i'm no, a talker no. and i would rather much i i would rather talk you out of doing something than actually have to like physically stop you yeah yeah for um, sure but i remember um in year four um i was being bullied by this lad and i eventually worked at the coach to tell my uh, parents and grandparents and my granddad was like just punch him like just straight up punch him like don't don't tell the teachers because they won't do anything if you punch him it'll stop yeah but then what ends up happening you punch him and then not only will he punch you back but you'll get your he'll get his mates to help punch you as well and it's it's the same in this i think actually maybe it's a good example of why violence is not the answer because nat tried to create a revolt and used violence to try and change things and what ended up happening was the violence that was begotten against other slaves and black people was ten times worse. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, in that case, I, I completely understand violence is very justifiable. But in my, in my head, you can never justify killing a baby, like ever. No. 
But then if you kill the parents, what the fuck do you do with the kit? Like, it's there's a lot of moving pieces there. It is interesting to think, actually. Realistically, everyone in the house was dead. That baby is likely to have died from exposure within the next two days. Uh, yeah. Did you need to do that? Unless you were going to, like, take the child into your care. Yeah. But obviously, there were no place to no, do that. No way. Now... This episode was a listener request by Drew, so thank you for the suggestion. If you have any suggestions, send them our way. Uh, we've actually done a few listener suggestion episodes now, and to be honest, you guys yeah, are, are picking some better ones than even we can think of. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you very much. Um, going forward, of course, I will I will mention uh, if this was a listener suggestion, and I will mention you if you suggest it, because I know beforehand, actually, we've done it before, and I'm like, not to, oh, I was taking the credit for it, and it's probably it's probably not fair. So uh, thank you, you give to shout Drew. Outs. Yeah, shout out to Drew who uh, recommended that episode uh, when I read it up, and he was like, "When you when you find out about the uh, the signposts bit," and I'm like, "Yeah, man, that was brutal." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's horrific. I mean, we say it's horrific. Obviously, like I love walking around London and uh, Tower Bridge and Tower of London, what have you. And you should imagine that littered with heads. But for some reason, that seems like no, it's, it seems okay because it's just heads of criminals back in what the the 1500s or whatever. You, you kind of like, uh, it's just what they did. But yeah. something in the 1830s having black head signpost road that don't sit right. Nah, nah, it's not very really nice. Anyway, we've moved past it. <clears throat> yeah, we uh, we've t- well, yeah, we've got a long way to go. We're not we we're, we're, we've moved a long way, but we're not there yet. No. Now, uh, thank you very much for listening uh, to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, probably not the right it way. It's fascinating. It. It's fascinating. I hope you've learned something more than anything. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Do we have any idea what we're going to do for the next episode? Uh, I ain't got a fucking clue to be honest with you, Ryan. Um, <laughs> what did I do last time? Epstein. I'll do this one was pretty heavy as well. I'll try and do something a little more, a little lighter. All right. Sweet. Sweet. <clears throat> Who knows? All right. Um, but yeah, I, sh- I should I should say that Ryan has kindly offered to take over the Mormon side of things. So, uh, Rowan, if you are listening, I think I promised that in December. It is now Feb- March. Fucking that's March. Yeah. Um, I- I'm going to be honest with you. I was putting that off. So, <laughs> Ryan's taking the initiative to do yeah, that one. Yeah. I'll crack on with that. Uh, it's going to be a yeah. big one, possibly a two three parter. Uh, we'll see how we get on. Oh well. Wow. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I mean it's a lot to cover. Uh, and like I said at the beginning. Uh, listener Gina has been ever so uh, helpful with sending us some information uh, and personal bits and bobs. So, yeah, yeah got it's a nice to get to the get inside through. scoop. Yeah, so it may not come uh, uh, soon, but it will be in the, maybe the next month or so. Um, so yeah, got time to write that. All right, thank you very much for listening, everyone, uh, and we'll see you on the next one. Ta-ra. Bye. Bye.